It's Cleveland real estate and investors versus LA real estate and investors on the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. On this episode, we continue our discussion with LA investor and real estate agent Kareem of Century 21. We discuss LA real estate versus Cleveland real estate, managing duplexes, short-term rental cap rates, what to look for in a good property manager, and more. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you understand or should understand the pitfalls of investing in Cleveland real estate. Say you're looking for an investment property to rent, and these are the things that could happen and often do. You overpay for a house and it's in the ghetto. Then you find that it's a money pit with endless surprise repairs. Your hapless property manager, who may be the brother-in-law of the realtor, gets a tenant who after three months stops paying the rent. Then the toilet explodes and you have nobody to repair it because guess what? The property manager is not answering the phone. Yep, that's the ugly side of the Cleveland real estate market. But we have a solution. Buy one of our properties. It's been inspected. It's been vetted. It's in a rock solid part of town. It comes with a gold star tenant paying top dollar rent and we manage it. Call us at 216-371-8160 if you're interested. You know, another thing, uh, Mike and Kareem, that I always uh, tell investors is shy away from your typical duplexes unless you're prepared to set them up as Airbnbs. Because we, I have found that duplexes are just nothing but headaches in terms of managing with uh, squabbles among tenants. But if they're set up like an Airbnb, you're dealing with a more professional class of uh, tenants who most of the time they're not even in the, the house. And if they are, they may be, be recovering from, uh, you know, surgery. So, uh, and Mike, t- just tell Kareem a little bit about, you know, from your perspective, what we've been doing on the short term side. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll echo what you said, Mike. You know, my own personal port- portfolio is one duplex and seven singles. So you know, I'm I'm practicing what I'm preaching here. But uh, the the short term stuff I've seen is really useful from my perspective because I know from experience that we have a shortage of short term rentals here in Cleveland. I, I'm curious what it's like on the, on the left coast. But I can tell you that when we get someone here for a, a couple of weeks or a couple of months who is getting treatments at the Cleveland Clinic or University Hospitals, or if we have a family who's been displaced because their home has sold, we really struggle to find them uh, short-term rentals. So from that perspective, I see it personally. Um, I think you're probably better equipped to talk about the Airbnb type thing though, Mike. Yeah, I think uh, when people think they hear Airbnb, Kareem, they immediately think of vacation. And I would say one in 20 bookings is actually a vacation. Somebody come visit their you know, parents or whatever. But most of the time, it's a, a corporate relocations. They want to rent for a couple of months while they look for a house. The clinic is a huge client of ours. People coming in from Saudi Arabia. We have a lot of clients uh, who come in for you know, surgery and they may be there six to eight months and then, of course, you have our fire relocation. So it's quite a vibrant business. And we have been selling off our properties that are, ba- are more 
conventional one-year leases. So when one of your investors would call us, we would say, have you invested in Cleveland before? They say, no, I'm just, you know, looking, you know, to get in. I said, well, listen, you're, this is what we think you, you would, you would like, and we'll sell them a property, a a three bedroom in a neighborhood that's going to appreciate in the next couple of years. It's a safe neighborhood for anywhere from 100 to 150,000. And that's the starter home for our investor. And they're going to be getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 to 1,500 a month in rents on a qualified tenant. So that would, would what uh, is what we can provide. So what's, what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts, Kareem? So I guess my follow-up question is here in California, uh, a lot of the different pockets are heavily regulated slash ban short-term rentals. I actually personally live in a community. I live very close to Disneyland, okay? Yay! (laughs) Even though it's a single-family house, uh, we are part of an HOA that bans short-term rentals less than 30 days. So I guess my question would be, where are you at? Where's Cleveland at uh, on a larger scale in terms of if there are any restrictions or is it just a free-for-all open market? Well, I'll, I'll answer that question first. Right now, Cleveland as a rental market is still trying to get their head, head around what happened 10 years ago with the crash. And there, up till then, Cleveland was, was pretty boring rentals. I mean, you had apartments for you know, students near Case or University Circle, and then you had your conventional duplexes and you had your single family rentals for people who, co- who couldn't afford to buy a home. Those who could afford to buy a home um, bought a home. And then the crash came 10 years ago. And what happened in Cleveland was a massacre in terms of real estate prices. I mean, you had people that bought homes and then used it as a piggy bank. And then the rug got pulled out from under them. And all of a sudden, the house that they thought was worth 150 and they thought they had 10,000 in equity was now only worth 100,000. Mm-hmm. And now to sell it, they had to write a check for 40,000. So suddenly, you had a lot of people either A, walk away from the home, which was unheard of, or two, they became reluctant landlords because they had to relocate. They got another job. Uh, They lost their job. They got another job. They didn't want to walk away from their house. So they started renting it out. And the Cleveland area has not really done much to regulate rentals. And so filling the gap has been a smattering of Airbnbs. And even that's unusual in Cleveland. So if people go to our website, rileyproperties.com, they're going to see a, a very robust mix of single family homes that are furnished, that are set up as Airbnbs. And we work right with the city and we enjoy a very good relationship with the city of Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights because most of the homes that we bought 
were foreclosures in bad condition. And we bought though, we swept in and bought a lot of properties in 09, 2010, 2011. And we cleaned them all up, furnished them. And so um, we run a very tight ship in terms of our rentals, but you know, the cap rates on the short-term rentals are just extraordinary. And Mike, you know that because you're, you're, you, you've seen, you know, how we run it. You want to elaborate? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I see the, especially the insurance companies, you know, when you've got a fire or something and someone needs to rent for six months while their home is restored, you know, we, we see them paying what 20 to 50% over uh, the traditional annual type rent that you would see. And, you know, let me go back to Kareem's question a little bit more. Kareem, the only place I'm seeing short-term rentals restricted is some condo complexes, but it's actually pretty rare. You know, I don't see a lot of restrictions. And I think the reduced amount of bureaucracy red tape that we have here is another allure to our, our market. You know, I get people from out of state saying, hey, well, how long does it take to get an eviction if you have someone not paying? And I tell them, you know, four or five weeks, they're shocked. You know, and, I, and I, I've heard, you know, I, I wonder firsthand if I can ask, throw that question back at you. You know, what is it like in California when you have a non-paying tenant? You know, do, how, how long does it take and what's the red tape uh, when you have a little hit, uh, hiccup like that? It could take forever. <laughs> um, no, but uh, even now with um, with COVID, so they've extended the um, the eviction moratorium up until end of September. So even though nationally they're okay, like people can start evicting now if a tenant's not paying here in California, it's a very tenant friendly situation. Uh, and that's also one of the reasons why investors, uh, and this is primarily investors, not people, but like investors look for investments outside of California because they're tired and they're fed up of very tenant-friendly laws and regulations. That's a whole additional podcast, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. If you have any questions for us or topics you want to discuss or even just want to say hi, you can email us at the Cleveland Real Estate Investor at gmail.com. You know, I think one of the biggest problems that we have and a lot of other businesses have had in the last uh, six months, uh, ever since the vaccines rolled out, has been finding people to work. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm a blue dog Democrat. You know, I voted for Obama, hated Trump, and I voted, you know, for Biden. But I'm still a, uh, a capitalist and uh, family values guy. And I just... To me, uh, there are a lot of jobs out there and there are a lot of jobs that, you know, are paying $15 and up. And I think the people that are really getting screwed with this uh, eviction um, moratorium are these uh, small landlords. You know, they, they keep everybody that uh, I talk to in, in uh, the Cleveland Heights area, which is, you know, pretty, pretty Democratic blue area, you know, they think there's some um, conglomerate of big landlords who are <laughs> taking advantage of, of the poor tenant. But in reality, uh, for you California investors who may want to buy in Cleveland, you have to really navigate 
through prospective tenants because there is a class of tenants there who basically will go in, rent a house, pay the rent for a couple of months, and then maybe that fourth or fifth month, it's a week late, then it's two weeks late, then it's three weeks late, then it's a month late, and pretty soon it's two months late. And you'll hear every sob story with a violin played in the background. And Mike, we've seen that uh, with incompetent property managers. Yeah, I was I was waiting to jump in because that's that's a story that I've heard so many times. Oh, I I bought this rental property already tenanted, you know, turnkey provider. I got one month's worth of rent and then nothing. And and that's part of the problem with the turnkey pro- providers. Again, not all of them, but it, it was so many stories, Mike, where that is exactly the the script, and I just hate hearing it. Yeah, and I'm you know. I had one uh, one lady say, well, we're thinking of, uh, you know, we, we looked at you, you as a property manager and we went back and forth. They said, well, you know, listen, we're not looking to manage every property in Cleveland. We're very selective who we take on. And she says, yeah, well, you got great Google reviews, but your Yelp rating is t- terrible. And <laughs> I haven't looked at the Yelp rating because there's been a couple of times when I've had to tell tenants, uh, hey, listen. This isn't a this isn't a hotel. Just because the the light bulb burned out, we can't get somebody out that night to put it in for you. And so, yeah, I'll get a we'll get a bad Yelp review because of that. But the I can tell you that the clients that we have, we manage their properties. They never have a problem with the rent because I get a great. Uh, we get a great group of tenants coming in and their needs are simple. They want a, 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 a house that's clean, that if the toilet blows up, one of our people are going to be there pretty quickly. And that's another thing, uh, Mike, and I'm, Kareem, I'm sure you know. I mean, a lot of these out-of-state investors have incompetent property managers and it takes forever to get these repairs done. And then, Absolutely. of course- and so what kind of what kind of uh, tenant that, you know, the word gets around, they're not going to want to rent from this group. So yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you 100%, Mike. It's uh, I, I always feel like with the properties that I own and I tell like the investors I work with, I always tell them, even if it's not as nice of an area, make it the nicest property possible, because even if you don't get much more for rent, you will get a tenant that will take care of the place. Uh, exactly. you get a better tenant quality. Uh, it, it reflects that the, the property reflects the, the tenants that it attracts. Exactly. And we have a couple of uh, long-term tenants that, you know, are, are like family almost. And they're a little skittish about owning a property. They're very comfortable renting and what what you find is they really take pride in it's almost like they're owning the house and the way they maintain the yard the way they maintain the inside the last for you know we want to re- repaint one of the rooms can we change color you know absolutely but you know again the most important thing that every investor needs every landlord needs is a five-star tenant. That, that's it. That makes everything work where you're partnering up 
with the person who's living in your investment house. Mike, jump in. Yeah, and it, that goes right back to management, you know, knowing that you have a manager who has a proper screening process in place. Uh, because I think that there's a lot of, you know, landlords who manage their own properties and property management companies who are just too quick to place someone who shows up with money in hand. Oh, I can just throw a tenant in here, collect my fee, get cash flowing, and, and that'll satisfy the property owner for now. But how many stories have we heard, Mike, where it's been a revolving door of tenants, uh, a constant string of repairs, the whole everyone's making money but me conversation? And you know, it's a good litmus test, Kareem, I think for a property manager is if you're, how do you judge a property manager? And one of the things is, do they actually go out and periodically inspect the property? I mean, I mean I, I've seen some horror stories where we're, we're actually going over at, we bought out a couple investment groups. And you go over to this house and the property manager's never been there. They've been managing this house for two, three years. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that uh, I think this tenant's not taking care of the property. <laughs> you know, um, the, I had one house where the garage roof had collapsed and it had wow. been like that for three years. And the property manager didn't know what was going on. So, there are endless story, horror stories of incompetency, you know, in the property management sector. Any more questions, Kareem, or have we just exhausted you? No, I think uh, it's uh, no, it's it's a great discussion, but I don't have anything else in mind. Okay, well, Mike, come on, let's give Kareem some love here. Oh gosh, yeah. When I when I got him to uh, when I voluntold him that he was doing this. I knew he was the guy and, you know, I did a little research on him and, you know, he is the man in Orange County. Uh, you got to check out his website. It's Waba Group and Waba is W-A-H-B-A group.com. And whether you're owner occupant, investor, you know, th this is the guy, you know, and when I have an Orange County referral or that vicinity, you know, he's always my, my first call. So thank you. There's the love. Any, did, did I get that all right, Kareem? Yeah, perfect. Spot on. <laughs> so, so anybody investing in California real estate, they'll be flying into uh, John Wayne Airport in their private jet, right, Kareem? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, and I'm going to end on this note. In fact, everybody can see it on YouTube. Uh, when Billy Crystal used to, used to host the Oscars, uh, this was when um, Jack Nicholson played the Joker. And he had points on this movie. And the first Batman movie was just a mega hit, mega hit. And Billy Crystal's up there and he's saying, Jack, you know, and of course, Nicholson has his trademark sunglasses on. He's smiling away. He said, this is a rich man. He owns land in Tokyo. <laughs> so I think anybody that's going to want to go through the the deep shark infested waters of orange county needs to call kareem right kareem <laughs> there you go yeah especially if you have a private jet and you fly right into john wayne i'd love to get a call from you <laughs> get that turkish coffee ready for them okay not this espresso from mike ferrante yeah <laughs> no it's egyptian coffee right kareem egyptian coffee 
All right. Last question, Kareem. What has more caffeine, Egyptian coffee or Turkish coffee? I'd have to go Turkish coffee. Okay. All right. I hear it's like sludge. All right. Okay, folks, we're going to end on that note. So, Kareem, thanks for uh, Thank spending time much, with us. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your time, the, the, the knowledge, and the conversation. It was really great. Okay. Talk to you guys later. All thanks. right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. You can find all our episodes at www.riley-properties.com or you can find us on your favorite streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and more. Perspective. You just got a book about running an Airbnb and your motor is revving. Soon, you're off to Bed Bath & Beyond to buy scented candles and fancy soaps. Okay, stop. Hold on. Before you jump into the pool, make sure A, you can swim, and B, there's water in the pool, especially in the deep end. Airbnb can be a great business, but you have to know what you're doing. You need to know how to swim, which is why our upcoming webinar could be the natural first step. Our two-hour seminar will cover all the key points of running an Airbnb. More details on the webinar and how to gain access coming soon on our podcast. Just keep listening.